Hello and welcome to another episode of the CG Garage. This is episode number 320, which is hot off the presses uh, with our repeat guest, Sally Slade, and uh, her discussion on NFTs. Uh, Kristen, what did you think of this episode? I know we recorded it very quickly and try to get it out there as soon as possible. It's only about a week older. So what do you think? Yeah. Oh, it was wow, is what I have to say. Um, you mm-hmm. guys discussed how... Um, the digital artist uh, Beeple sold the JPEG for $69 million recently, and yeah. Sally just talks knowledge about this subject, and she only studied it for seven days. So, um, very interesting. Yeah, <laughs> and absolutely. she's very smart. She's a very smart, uh, she's a very smart lady, uh, and uh, she's really cool. Uh, I... You will notice that in the podcast, especially at the beginning, I ask a ton of questions because I'm fascinated by her, by this, and Sally just uh, gives me the responses that are appropriate for this. But I'm really, really curious about this subject. Sally is, uh, she told me, is like, I'm going to study this, and I'll tell you what I what I come up with. I said, great, let's do a podcast the first thing we can. And so this is what we did. She's continuing to do uh, information on this. Uh, she also wrote an article on Medium about it as well. So we'll put the link to that article uh, in this podcast. So just definitely check it out in terms of a more in-depth look at some of the stuff that she's been doing there. Uh, like I said, I am very fascinated by NFTs at this point. I was very skeptical, as was Sally when we started this, and we both came to realize there are certain benefits that are going on in this area. And we will continue to have more podcasts on this. It's a hot subject with other people who are experiencing NFTs or what else NFTs can become. So uh, lots of stuff to go on. So definitely check us out. Keep us po- uh, We'll keep you posted on terms of all of that interest. And if you guys don't know Sally, uh, uh, she's been on many, many times, but just go search some of her previous episodes that she's done and you'll know that she is, uh, she can drop some knowledge. She's a good, she's a good girl. She does a lot of really interesting, uh, interesting stuff over at Magnopus, uh, which is where she is currently located. So, uh, thank you so much, Sally, for doing this. All right, Kristen, we have a good, we only have one announcements uh, coming up. It's on April 6th. What's going on? Mm-hmm. Uh, we have a free webinar and it's going to be for V-Ray 5 for Revit. And you can and find that out mm-hmm. oh, at chaos group or chaos.com slash events. Man, it's going to take me a minute to... <laughs> Yes, we are definitely, we are still uh, getting used to chaos.com, but we're excited about our new domain, chaos.com. So again, uh, chaos.com slash events, uh, April 6th, free webinar on V-Ray 5 for Revit. For all other news and announcements uh, uh, about uh, chaos, go to chaos.com and you will check out any product announcements that are going on there. If people want to know more about the podcast, where can they go, Kristen? You can go to facebook.com slash podcast or chaos.com slash cggarage and also the YouTube, uh, <laughs> youtube.com slash chaosgrouptv. We do still have it as chaos group on that. Okay, perfect. So that is mm-hmm. basically where you'll be able to see the podcasts in video form uh, on our Facebook page, on our YouTube page. If you have ideas for podcasts or you want to hear more about something or have questions for Sally that you want to follow up on, uh, anything of that nature, uh, labs at chaosgroup.com is our email. We would love to hear from you. Of course, don't forget, we would love some reviews and some uh, you know sharing with your friends. So go to Apple if you're on an Apple podcast person. Leave us a re- rating and a review on that site. We would appreciate it. We're also on Spotify or any of the other platforms that are available to do your podcast. So check us out there. All right. Thank you. Uh, That being said, uh, please enjoy episode number 320 with Sally Slade on NFTs. 
Welcome to another CG Garage Where the Chaos Group talks You'll know it's over when the last bucket drops We're gonna fire off rays In high dynamic range We know that ambient occlusion is passe Global illumination won't lead you astray And while image-based lighting is really swell you need to make sure everything has for now. Uh, just so you know, uh, it is uh, my my uh, my birthday's next week, but Chaos Group was nice enough to get me some Highland Park Twelve. Very nice. <laughs> and what are you what are you enjoying this evening? I've got Mr. Basil Hayden. Here. Oh, Basil Hayden, very good. That's a bourbon, or yes. Yes, I was a feeling different. a little chilly, and I thought. I'll warm up from the inside. Yes, exactly. All right. So we have a lot of to discuss on this because there are so many questions that are going on. Uh, just so people know, we are going to be talking about NFTs and you are a, a repeat guest. So uh, people know who you are. Uh, and we're going to be talking about NFTs and the all the things that you need, like, it's like, hey, I'm wondering about NFTs. Can I make a bunch of money making art on the internet? That's going to be a question that people are going to have, and we're going to provide some answers for that, as well as, is this whole thing a scam <laughs> or whatever, you know? So we'll get to that point to, to at some level. But uh, let's, let's start with some basic questions, and I'm going to try to be playing the part of the guy who doesn't know anything. Uh, so you're going to help me answer that. And the reason I wanted you to do this podcast with me is because I've figured you're very good at explaining things in a very concise way, which is a skill that is almost more important than being smart, which you already are. Uh, <laughs> it, so we'll get to that point in a little bit. Okay. So NFT stands for non-fungible token, correct? Correct. Okay, so let's go through all three of those things. Non-fungible. So I guess we'll start with the beginning, or Cannot start be with the, start with the end. Let, let, let's let's start with the T for token. What is a token? <laughs> <laughs> a token uh, in this context refers to a sort of unique ID number, like a serial number, almost. Like a serial number. Okay. All right. So in the Bitcoin sense of things, it's like your bank account. Could be. Or is it? Could be. Could be. I mean, they're both, uh, you know, unique numbers in the blockchain. Okay. So it's a unique number that identifies something. That's the token part of the token, right? Correct. Okay. Now the middle part, fungible or fundable, or what is it? What is that? What is, how is uh, what is what is that word? <laughs> fungible. It's uh, fungible. When you take the fungus. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Just kidding. Um, it's uh, it means uh, it's kind of like immutable. Like it, it cannot be changed. It's uh, non non fungible. It means cannot, you cannot be changed. Modify it. Okay, so cannot be changed. So that's the non, the fungible means changeable? Fungible means changeable. So non-fungible is cannot be changed. Non-fungible, so cannot be changed. Okay. All right. Now, okay. So you have non-fungible token. 
So it is a token or an ID number that cannot be changed. That was a, that is what an NFT number or that's what an NFT defines. Okay. Now, this is all related to a blockchain of some kind. Okay. So the blockchain provides the token. Yes. <laughs> what is a what okay. What is a blockchain? All right. So I've been studying this for about seven days, so I'm basically an expert. Yes, now. you're hard. You're hard ass into it. Okay, get it. Okay, go ahead. Um, so my understanding is that the blockchain represents um, a sort of chain because it's it's chronological, it's linked in nature um, of mm -hmm. transactions of of IDs um, that represent you know things <laughs> like who owns okay. what, what did they do with their ownership, and who owns it now. That kind of thing. Um, okay. So the the when you get a non fungible token, you're essentially calculating sort of the next available ID in the block of like you know like let's just think about this. So let's say we've got a really simple blockchain. Here's our formula. You add one. So we're gonna say start at zero. That's our first item. Then we're gonna go to one. Mm -hmm. Then we're gonna go to two. And now you're purchasing an NF NF. T, so you'll get ID mm -hmm. three. So you're three now, and then um, you know we'll go to four, and we'll go to five, and you're just you've got your little home, and three is your number, and that's your mm -hmm. non fungible token, and forever and always we'll know um, that three is Chris Nichols' beautiful artwork, and so people will fight over three, and they'll bid on three, and um, you own three because you minted it, and now you can sell it to someone, and so then they'll say, oh, now I own three. Aren't I special? I okay. have the, the christened number. So minting. Explain minting. <laughs> <laughs> so minting is a cool verb um, that we've borrowed from it is. existing um, you know, currencies. And it represents the process um, of, of um, correlating your artwork, your submission with um, one of these non-fungible tokens. So it's kind of like the process of saying, I am Chris Nichols and I am going to be assigned number three for my artwork. Um, that, that process okay. is referred to as minting. Okay. So basically we're going to go, we're going to go back and forth on this a little bit. So I make artwork, whatever, and I give a, token to that artwork. So I say this artwork is represented by this token. Essentially, that's essentially what's happening. Okay. So when in, in the world of NFTs, and we're going to go more granular than this, but I'm just going to jump ahead a little bit. When I'm selling my artwork through an NFT, I'm not actually selling the artwork. I'm selling the NFT that is a represent that that is tied to that artwork. Correct. You're just selling that number. <laughs> I'm selling and the number and that number represents some artwork somehow. Yes. Okay. But the artwork you can still copy it anytime you want to. It's just that the original version is still tied to the number somehow. Correct. Um Yes, and, and that somehow is very fuzzy, and there's lots of ways you could answer how. 
Um, but the, the idea <laughs> is that like yeah. you, the artist, you know, Chris have, have bothered to mint this artwork, associate it with your special number. And now you're telling other people that this is your blessed version of the art and it's out there and, you know, buy it. Right. So you have to prove that it's one, your artwork <laughs> somehow, or maybe don't have to prove that, which is another mm. question. <laughs> and then you basically say, I made this supposedly, and mm -hmm. I made this token, which the token itself is actually hard. You, you, you can't un that, that token is something that is unique. We know this based on how Bitcoins work, and we'll get to that point in a second. So you, making the Bitcoin is a unique thing. Associating the artwork with that Bitcoin is questionable, <laughs> could be questionable, personally. Uh, and then you say, okay, so I made this thing. So I'm Beeple, right? Beeple's an awesome guy. I actually met him a couple times. He's a nice guy. Uh, and he, made, he makes a lot of great artwork, and he's really into understanding uh, the ideas of cryptocurrencies and uh, all that stuff. So he made that and he put, associated it and he sold it. And that's great. I'm very happy for him. I think it's super cool that he does that. Also, I think it's an important part of the process of digital art. Digital art needs to be validated in some way. And we're going to get to the philosophy of that in a second. But So you sell that thing through this token. Now, this is all tied into the cryptocurrency model, based on what I know? That's correct. Right? In the case of these more famous uh, pieces, they're tied to Ethereum. Ethereum. Okay, and we're going to get to Ethereum in a second a little bit more because that's also an interesting question. So a Bitcoin, or what's the, what's the, what's the name of the, 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 the money for Ethereum? Is it Ethereum? Is it like a Bitcoin? Is Ethereum? Is it called it's, Ethereum? Is oh man, I knew this. I, it's it's. I think it's called an Ether, and it's represented as capital. I think it's capital E T H is is the sort of demarcation of the currency. right, and that is the currency itself, right? Yes. Yeah. The unit. Uh, the unit. Right. So a Bitcoin or an Ether is a fungible token as opposed to a non-fungible token, which is important to understand that. And here's what I, I, I've been, this, this is what I'm trying to figure out. Okay, so a Bitcoin is the same everywhere it is. If I own one Bitcoin, which is a lot of money these days, and you own one Bitcoin, your Bitcoin and my Bitcoin are exactly the same. That's why they're fungible as opposed to non-fungible. Right. I, I is that accurate? <laughs> yes, it is. It is. It is. It is. And here, this is what I'm getting at. Just, 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 just think about it. So that's the whole point of it. It's like a banking system. That's why it was invented, right? So like, it's mm. the same no matter what you do, and it's the same thing that you do. And I own X amount of this token, and you own X amount of that token. But we own the same token, and that's why it's the currency, and it's the same, right? So. The way that I understand the NFT is that each NFT is like a different currency. <laughs> if you think about it. So if you put some piece of art out there, you're saying, here's a new currency called 
Sally Slade Art 25. Oh, <laughs> right. You could think of it that way. Right. And it has a value of whatever someone bought it for. <laughs> right. Mm -hmm. So that is a like a form of currency that you've made called my art currency, blah. And that's why it's non-fungible. That's the way I'm thinking about it, right? Oh. But it's represented as art or anything could be NFT. Am I right? I mean... I could make an <laughs> NFT of my checkbook or whatever I want to make an NFT out of. Like mm -hmm. there are people like or or or, or what's uh, uh 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 what's the guy's the Twitter guy Darcy what's his name right he tried to sell his tweet as an NFT oh oh Jack Dorsey yes Jack Dorsey yes hmm. okay so this is the way I'm thinking about it it's like your NFT is basically like I made a new currency and it's called this piece of art and you can there's only one of them there's it's only very one piece. It's a very abstract way to think about it. I feel that it adds a layer of complexity that might preclude others from understanding. Okay. And, and <laughs> not to critique too hard. But okay. All right. Maybe because that's the only way I was thinking about it. It's like, well, why, what, how is it different than like, because it's using the same idea of a token that a Bitcoin does. But mm -hmm. the whole point of the Bitcoin is that it's, the same. Every Bitcoin is the same or any every Ether is the same. Uh, and so I'm just, just kind of curious about that. All right. Uh, that's I'm just maybe let's, let's take a step back. Let's talk about your journey through the NFT. How tell us about about how you went through this journey and what you tried to do through this journey. So let's let's go through that from the very beginning. You're an artist. You understand a lot about things that are going on, on the internet. And he's like, I have to understand this because people have to do it. So tell us about the journey you took to go down this line. Okay. Um, well, I was motivated to do this because I like to think of myself as a mentor of sorts to many of my friends and colleagues and people I haven't met yet. And people are often asking me stuff. <laughs> Sure. And um, in this case, NFTs was, you know, is, they're generating quite a buzz. And as mm -hmm. someone who makes digital art herself, I just thought like, you know, people are going to are going to really hit me up for this. And and I'm kind of curious what's involved here. And I want to be able to understand it um, because I was initially also, of course, a tedious NFT hater. And so I thought I would like to evolve this perspective. So that, okay. that's what why were you an NFT hater? journey. <laughs> well, because I didn't understand it. And um, I, I, I thought it was, um, you know, arbitrary. And, um, you know, I, I just I, I just thought people are cashing in on a fad. I thought it was trendy. And um, I didn't really understand it from from a perspective that um, really cherished any of these artists or what this could mean, you know, for for um, artists as merchants. I was just kind of like, what is this digital nonsense? People are going to do crazy things and have investments they cannot sustain and, and the planet's on fire. <laughs> right, right, right. Right. So uh, yeah, that's, that's kind of where I started. Uh, mm -hmm. And that's, that was before I went down the rabbit hole. <laughs> okay. 
So 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 let's, so so you decided okay, so you you create a bunch of art and you're going to say all right I'm going to make I'm going to take one of my things, and go through the journey of making selling that as an NFT and see what that journey is like, right? Yes. Yeah. Okay. I, so I'm how did that journey my, start? Let me pull up my diary here because when I started, I you know of course didn't know what I was doing. And I had all sorts of questions for my future self. And the like <laughs> phraseology I was using was just like so, um, you know, misguided. And it's nice. <laughs> it's nice seven days later to just look back on this and be like, oh, I was so green. Um, <laughs> but I want to kind of. OK, so this journey mindset. was what, seven days, you said, right? It's about approximately. I started doing this last Friday. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's nice. Yeah. Yep. Um, yeah, so I made a piece. Um, I, I, you know, tend to draw to relax. So I made mm -hmm. a piece specifically for this. It was like mm -hmm. uh, tech technology themed. It's like a woman uh, in like a sort of flapper outfit, and she's got like a like a VR headset, kind of like a Quest Two looking boxy thing, and one of those long cigarette things. <laughs> and she's just oh, like nice. ready, fancy cigarette um, holder. Yes. Yes. She's like all dressed up and somewhere virtual to go kind of vibe. So like it. I started with that and then I'm like, now what? <laughs> mm -hmm. um, so I thought, okay, well, what's what's out there? Like, what have I heard of? I had heard of Rarible. Um, I had heard of Super Rare, <laughs> mm -hmm. a theme. Um, and I, I, I think that's about it. Um, what, is, what are those things? What is Rarible and Super Rare? I didn't know. But now I know. Okay. But <laughs> what are, are they? They are marketplaces. So they ah. are sites, sites, you know, like um, eBay or the Real Real or Amazon, just places you can go to shop. Okay. But they're also, you know, they're their own platform. Like they have, they host artwork themselves. They've got like great functionality for searching. They've got tagging system, all that kind of stuff. They're like a one-stop shop for people who want to buy or sell NFTs. How many are there out there? Oh, so many. Bottomless. Really? It's it's like how many, you know, this is a pretty new thing. Search engine. <laughs> it's it's this is pretty new and there's already thousands of these sites, right? Uh of sites, I'm not sure. Um there's certainly thousands of artworks um uh, of sites right. that that sell NFTs. I don't At least know. A dozen. A shot in the dark, a hundred. Um, oh but, okay. Yeah, but that's yeah. a huge shot in the dark. <laughs> I, yeah, I can yeah, okay. Probably... No, but but by the time this podcast comes out, that's probably at least a hundred, <laughs> which is only a week away. By the way, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, technology moves fast. Um, yep, I could yep, probably yep. name um, maybe six off the top of my head if I tried at this point. But like, okay, as so, I said, so I'm not you look, so. you looked at that one and you said, okay, I, I I have a place. I need to sell my artwork in which makes sense, right? That's like going to a gallery to try to sell your artwork, right? Or eBay right. or Craigslist. <laughs> I mean, you can shop it wherever you want, but you need right. somewhere to, to get into. How do you get into the blockchain? <laughs> that was like right. kind of the first question. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so these websites make it, I don't want to say easy because it took me all day to figure it out, but they make it reasonable. <laughs> okay. So yeah. which one did you pick? You picked... I picked Rarible. Got it. 
Yeah, there's, um, I've got a colleague, a friend and colleague, uh, TJ Geisen. He was a concept artist. He's at Riot now. And he used Rarible. And I was like, well, this guy is a professional. <laughs> if he's on Rarible, I'm going to be on Rarible. <laughs> okay. So there we went. Okay. So you start on Rarible. Uh, Rarible. Mm-hmm. And you say, okay, I have my artwork. So what do you have to do from there? Okay. Um, So I was going in blind. So I wish I had had this podcast before because, wow, there's like a lot of fees and a lot of things I did not understand. Um, So (laughs) in order to, to interact with these marketplaces, you need Ethereum. Turns out getting Ethereum is like not just something you can do with a couple of clicks. Um, Ethereum is the money. So you have to buy a certain kind of money, right? Yes. And I, I had not had any experience with crypto before. I'd had like, you know, my friends are into it. Uh, so I, I know some of the lingo, but I didn't have a wallet. Right. I didn't know where to exchange currencies. So going in totally blind, <laughs> um, I went to, let's see, I ended up creating a company. A couple accounts that day. I think I I think I ended up at Coinbase, maybe, um, was the bank I chose. Um, and that's like a, they're like hardcore. It's, it's like signing up for a bank account. You have to give them your legal name. Um, you have to show them like a driver's license ID, photographed front and back. Um, sometimes they want your full social security number, sometimes just the last four. Um, and yeah, that's, that's about it. So not, not exactly your standard online account. It's, it's and this is quite a, a bit. Bank. What is it that you're signing into it's, here? I think of it like a bank. I don't know if they're legally a bank. They've got a lot of, um, pop-ups that say things like, because of, you know, this law and like these bank things, uh, we need these IDs. So in my mind, they're like a bank. Um, and it's okay. where you can kind of you give you can give them your um credit card number and purchase currency there or maybe it was a debit card um i think it was credit card and from there uh you can say here is you know uh 30 dollars usd like american dollar currency and now give mm-hmm. me you know 0.03 ethereum or whatever the conversion rate is at that time. Okay. It's like buying a euro. Yeah. In a sense. Exactly like that. And, okay. and, and it's like that also in that it's constantly in flux, um, the sort of exchange rate. Um, there are yep. fees for doing it. No one's going to just give you euros at the exchange rate. Um, yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, um, and then because they got to make money on it, less. right? Yeah. Right. Yeah. So. I, I was looking at Rarible and I was like, oh, it wants me to pay what, however much Ethereum, which was equivalent to around $15. And I was like, oh, $15 isn't that bad. Like, let's do this. Um, so I made my bank account, gave out all my personal information. But, you know, we've all been hacked by Experion anyway. So I was pretty fast and loose <laughs> giving it away. <laughs> okay. Um, and... Uh, yeah, then I got my, I got, I, I took a very conservative amount of Ethereum out because I didn't want to deal with it. Like, I don't want to own crypto. It's like a huge headache to you, me. 
Right. So you um, said, I'm just going to get enough crypto to move through this transaction, basically. Yes, yes. Um, so and we're talking I, about what, $30 worth or something like that is what you did? Yeah. Uh, I, I think it was like 15 at first. <laughs> okay. Oh, okay. Yeah. At first. Um, Got it. Yeah. And um, see where this is going. <laughs> yeah. And and then so I, I put it in and then then I see the fees. And that's when it became more like $30. Because um, mm -hmm. all of the like the the fees to buy the coins, then there's fees to transfer the coins. And then Rarible has their own fees. And it's like a huge fee fest. Um, so I ended up having right. to sign up for about 30 USD in order to get this off the ground. And I was like, okay, this is still completely valid. Like this is a learning experience. Like I want to do this, let's go. Um, mm -hmm. And and I, um, and I then I minted my artwork or so I thought <laughs> what I was okay. actually doing. So explain, explain the process of minting your artwork. So what do you do to mint your artwork? Well, step one, you don't mint it. You actually just give a bunch of Ethereum to um, have a one-time fee to Rarible, which sort of is like a linking your account fee almost. And that okay. is what the um, sort of, was it 15 or was it 30? Do you count the fees? Who knows? Investment went towards. Right. <laughs> um, okay. So, so that was that. <laughs> then um, right. I realized next Okay, then it had a pop-up, like, are you ready to mint? And I was like, are you kidding me? Like, I thought I just minted. Um, and from there, I went back to Coinbase, and I was like, okay, I need more currency now. Um, and it was taking so much time, Chris, that, like, the conversion rates were changing all over the place. And, like, mm -hmm. th there's, like, this whole layer of wallet that is between the Coinbase bank, um, rareable, in the middle there is this like idea of a wallet and you have to take the coins, put them into your wallet, then take them out of the wallet and put them into variable. So like fees every time, every time two factor authentication. Every time. Oh my gosh. Yeah. It was very tedious. Um, so, so we've gone through that process once. Now we're going to go through it again uh, in order to do the actual minting this time for real, this time for realsies. Um, and, and it was significantly more money. Um, it was going to be about 120 USD. And I was like, this is crazy town. Like, I could have sworn it was not this. What the hell? Which is when I start learning about gas, which is this whole concept for Ethereum. And that refers to <laughs> essentially the exchange rate. Okay. Explain that. Okay. Um, let, me, let me look at for my notes. Okay. Here's what I wrote to myself. Trying to learn okay. what does gas mean exactly. <laughs> I was very and gas lost and like sad. like gas G A S, right? That's correct. Um, it refers mm. to the fee <clears throat> or pricing value required to successfully conduct a transaction or execute a contract in the Ethereum blockchain. So okay. that means like how much does it cost to add to the blockchain, essentially? So what Oh. Yeah. So what you're paying for is the cost of the electricity of the participants of the blockchain of these miners to um, recognize that you would like to add something and then to sort of verify your transaction um, to to sort of take all of your metadata that you want to include 
Um, it's called a smart contract. So they're taking your contract and verifying it and then transcribing it onto the blockchain. And that takes a certain amount of electricity to accomplish. And that is the cost of gas. Right. Which is makes sense. So there are people out there that are basically... In terms, there's people that are are, are, are are buying GPUs to basically uh, 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 mint blockchains, or not not minting, or uh, to basically mine mine cryptocurrency. Yes, and that is in order to help validate that token number. Yes, right? any and all. So you're asking other people on the internet who you don't know that are participating, I will help you mine your NFT and you have to pay them money, right? To do that because they're using a certain amount of energy in their house to do that or in their car or in their whatever they're mining their cryptocurrency in. So that is why people are motivated to mine cryptocurrency because they will get paid to do so. <laughs> yes, they're ex- essentially exchanging um, their time and their electronic resources, like their electricity, however that is generated or paid for. They're exchanging right. that bundle for a little bit of uh, crypto. Right. So you, and how much was it? How much did it cost you? The minting of the thing, Um so I waited until the gas prices were down and ultimately it cost around 60 US dollars to do it. Oh, okay. That's that's not insignificant. No, it's it's not chump change. I I was reading all these medium articles and people would just hand wave the cost to mint the NFT. They're just like, "Oh, yes." And then for like a little bit of pocket change, I did the thing. And I'm like, "Are you fucking kidding me?" Like that was that was a significant Yeah, imagine if you had to list your bike on Craigslist and it costs you $60 just to list it on Craigslist. Right. But there's, I mean, there's, there's a lot going on here, right? Like currently NFTs are booming. So the cost of gas is quite high. Um, Also we're minting on the Ethereum blockchain through Rarible and Ethereum is valued quite high. If you were to mint on like a less valued blockchain, it would be perhaps pennies to do so. So, you know, we kind of brought this upon ourselves. Okay. Why is Ethereum the, 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 the blockchain of choice? Do we know? Um, I, we, we can hypothesize. <laughs> I'm sure someone mm-hmm. knows, but in my um, professional assessment, it's, it's sort of the, the Pepsi to the Coca-Cola that is Bip- Bitcoin. Um, mm-hmm. And so it's a, it's a very successful brand on its own. And they're also pivoting towards a different type of calculation model that is more sustainable. Um, so right now, people are looking to Ethereum as like a sort of model currency being like, oh, they recognize that they're having uh, ecological fallout. And so they're doing something about it. Aren't, isn't that great? Um, so people okay. are wanting to support that perhaps a bit. So, right. And I've, I've, I've read about this, which is what I was getting at. So, Bitcoin, which is very well known, is one of the older bit, uh, cryptocurrencies, uh, uses more energy to mint 
therefore has a bigger carbon footprint for the blockchain. And Ethereum uses less energy to mint. That's what they're, et cetera, et cetera. They, they say they are going to adopt that model. Um, and I believe them. Uh, it's, okay. uh, it's, it, of course, takes a lot of work to do so. And then people who hold Ethereum are worried that the value of the currency will uh, deplete. But um, mm -hmm. I'm pretty confident they're going to make the pivot regardless. Okay. Which is interesting. Uh, but it's also like... Okay. So 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 that's that's the motivation, right? So so that's the thing that's this okay, so my because a lot of people are complaining about the fact that oh cryptocurrencies and NFTs are using a huge amount of, like they they look at them like coal plants right now, which I think is a little naive <laughs> to think about like oh, you're going to sell your art just like you might as well be burning a coal plant in, in West Virginia and that's exactly <laughs> what it's like to do that. And it's like that it sounds a little extreme as an example. Probably more like yellow journalism where they're basically the banks are trying to find a way to devalue uh, <laughs> the whole cryptocurrency model. But okay, so but you so that I guess is that why it's called gas is because of the amount of energy that it uses to make that the thing? I guess it could it be. be right? Or maybe it's like playing on the whole like Ethereum is is gaseous in nature. I don't know. <laughs> oh right. Right. There's, that's why it's called ether and yeah, all that stuff. Okay. 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 So, so at this point, you have gone. Let's 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 let, you know to, to 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 catch up where we are so far. You have purchased. You you've you've opened a bank account to some crypto bank that you gave them all your information. You gave them some money. You have uh, then uh, taken your. Gone, gone to Rarible and say, like, I have the money that you requested, the euros or the ethers that you requested. And they say, like, yes, now you need more <laughs> to do it. <laughs> and so you had to go back to the bank and put more into it and buy more euros or more ethers, right? And yes. basically gone in there. And now, now you have enough, which, and you're probably what about at least a hundred bucks in the hole at this point? Uh, I was exactly $100 in the hole because that was A, as much as I was willing to pay for this experiment, and B, the maximum amount you can withdraw in one week on one of these junior bank accounts. Maximum amount you can withdraw? Expo I don't understand that part. Um, that. In, in this, uh, I believe it was Coinbase uh, bank that I was using, there was a provision for new accounts and accounts that only had a linked credit card as opposed to a bank account number. And they were just mm -hmm. like, you know, you're only allowed to withdraw a hundred bucks a week. And I thought, good. <laughs> oh, so, so is this a way to verify that you're not trying to launder money? Because we're going to get to that point at some point. <laughs> Maybe. Uh, probably. Okay. <laughs> right. Okay. Okay. So, so you have a hundred dollars in and you, did you spend all of your money to try to get no. this on? Okay. I've got some ether in my wallet now. <laughs> okay. All right. All right. All right. So now you've you've gone the rareable. Did you have how long did it take to quote unquote mint it to be on the market? Well, it took a very long time because I was waiting for the gas price to drop, um, and I waited um, maybe <laughs> twenty four hours 
because then I got impatient and I was just like, fuck it. <laughs> like I want to be done. Right. Um, so okay. I, I, I waited for it to drop to 60 US dollars. And then I, uh, what did it start at? I mean, how much fluctuation are we talking about here? Um, it started around 60 when I, um, first began the process and that was at like 3 PM on a Friday. And then mm -hmm. it, um, you know, went up to about 114, 120 in the evening. And uh, by Saturday afternoon, it was back around 60 again. Okay. And then, of course, it changes, you know, moment to moment. So if you hit refresh, you're going to have a different cost price. So you just have to hit, you know, go on the transaction and hope you have enough Ether in your wallet to cover the fluctuations. Um, and then hope that the UX is designed in such a way that if it goes crazy high, you don't get like an unexpected withdrawal from, from Rarible or whatever. Right. Okay. All right. So, so now you, okay. So at this point, now that you've paid your $60 and you, 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 you landed, you know, for that gas price is your artwork now on the market is available for people to buy. Yeah, immediately. Um, it was, and you know, in order to prepare it, in order to hit that button to mint that, um, NFT, you have to fill in a bit of information. You have to upload a thumbnail of your artwork. Mm -hmm. And uh, thumbnail is a word I'm using really generously because it can be a very high resolution image. It can be JPEG, GIF, um, PNG. Um, mm -hmm. And then you can add some details. You can like explain yourself in a description. Um, you can talk about... Um, you know, what format the thing is in. And you can also have uh, this concept of an unlockable and an unlockable content is um, potentially like a discount code to your print shop, or it could be a URL address um, to like more content or like a download. Um, it can be, you know, your phone number, whatever you want, you can throw that in there too. So you're essentially mm -hmm. generating this bundle of like an image and some metadata before you mint the artwork okay and what did you put on rarible did you give him a tiff did you give him what i mean like i what gave him kind a of... jpeg a jpeg okay yolo <laughs> yeah yeah okay how big a jpeg did you give him that 1k generous. 2k 2k <laughs> 2k all right all right 2k jpeg mm -hmm. all right mm, so compressed to start right it's oh, just already yeah. compressed yeah yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right. I mean, for a hundred dollars. Mm -hmm. I mean, when, come on. All right. Okay. So you gave them. You gave them. You gave them a JPEG, and you and you can put all kinds of other information to make it more attractive. Again, you this could. sounds like Craigslist. Like beautiful cabinet. It's got you know <laughs> glides well. Uh, you know, uh, recently refinished. That's the metadata part of it, right? Like I'm, I'm just I'm just trying to find a metaphor here, right? Yeah. Okay. So, okay. So now it's on the market, mm -hmm. supposedly. Mm -hmm. Who can get rareable? Sounds like it's rare. Who can get on rareable? Anyone? Anyone with an Ether wallet. Like anyone who has a crypto wallet that contains. Ethereum can shop on Rarible. I believe you can browse without the wallet, but there is a very annoying pop-up that's like, link your wallet, link it. Ah. <laughs> okay. So 
anyone who can have a Ether wallet can buy or sell whatever the hell they want on Rarible. That's correct. Okay. And there's, you know, a lot so, of wallets to choose from. I chose one called Fortmatic. Fortmatic. And the wallet is different from the bank account. Correct. Yeah. It's this critical um, piece in the middle of that little pipeline there. The wallet represents your um, holdings. Right. So you have the bank account and then the wallet sounds like the place where you take the money out of the bank, put it into the wallet, and then the then the then take it out of the wallet and give it to Rarible. Or whomever. It's your walking around money. <laughs> it's your walking around okay. Oh right. So you can go to the quote unquote virtual ATM and just like put money in that wallet. Now yeah. is it vulnerable in the wallet? Why can't you just go directly from your bank to the person? Why do you need a wallet? That I don't know. I was thinking maybe just the the APIs are just easier to deal with the wallet than directly to mm. one of these like um, more bank accounty type places. Okay. Okay. All right. So okay. So at this point, you now have your piece of art in for sale, and you've put in your metadata, and you've paid all your fees, and you're right about at your maximum, which is about $100 in terms of putting it out there, right? Yes. And how long has it been on the market so far? Oh, um, almost a week now. Has anyone had any interest? Do you know how that happens or what's going on there? I don't know because I was not um, super hellbent on selling it. This to me was... Um, was yes, like an just online the, class yeah. that I paid for, essentially. Right. Okay. But okay. no one bought it. If they bought it, I'd know about it because I'd get an email. <laughs> right. Okay. So you would get it if you bought, if someone sold it, you would get an email. If I sold it, I mean, I if if someone so, bought it, you would get an email. Yeah, exactly. Correct. Yes. Okay. And then if someone were to sell it afterwards, like someone buys it and then they start sell it, then I get twenty percent royalties, which is cool. And every time they continue to sell it. I will continue to get a piece of that transaction. Now that is interesting because that's yeah. very different from an art gallery. It's much better. <laughs> much better. Yeah. And so we're going to get into how this is going to disrupt art in general. <laughs> Great. Idea, but Love a good disruption. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And, and art galleries, our problem. Okay, so here's a thing that's been interesting: these art galleries. Okay, we're going to get into some 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 fun fun fundamation now. Art galleries uh, are not necessarily known for uh, fair trade of things of goods, like you know if art is valuable or not. There's been some really hilarious things. Have you? I don't know if you never watched the show Adam Ruins Everything, but Adam oh, ruins that's everything. where I learned everything I know about art galleries. <laughs> Right, so art galleries are, are are known for using art as a means of laundering money and dodging taxes, right? It's a very common thing. Uh, cryptocurrencies, also known for a means of <laughs> doing some of those things. You combine hmm. those two things into NFTs, it's like, hmm. So is NFTs a mean, another means of you know laundering money and dodging taxes? I'm not exactly sure because why would you pay, you know, $800,000 for a JPEG. It just doesn't 
make any sense, right? Well, okay, we need to have a, a pause because in defense of <laughs> NFTs, like I feel this conversation has been quite skeptical. You are not paying right. for a JPEG. You're paying to support an artist that you follow and you know want to uh, give them your endorsement. Yes, I mm. I agree. <laughs> That's why I said that <laughs> mm. because you're doing that now. First of all, you didn't buy the JPEG. You bought the token which is different than the JPEG. The token points to the JPEG. It does. But that is what's unique. The JPEG is not unique. The token is unique. Correct. That's like your digital crypto signature. Right. So you're saying, I made, I made a thing. It's represented by this, which you can keep or not keep. It's like a souvenir. <laughs> as a piece of art, but that represents something that I did and you are buying a little piece of that, right? So Jack Dorsey says, I'm going to sell my first tweet, which is just a thing that already exists on the internet. Anyone can look it up, right? But you are owning a little piece of history in that. Yes. Because it is represented by this token. It's fair, right? yeah. <laughs> that, that's an example. <laughs> Right, which is kind of wonderful in a lot of ways. You're supporting that artist. Now, that is an interesting thing because I'm going through what is a thing? <laughs> what is a thing is an interesting conversation philosophically speaking, right? Because I've, mm. I've been following a lot of podcasts about this, et cetera, et cetera. So let's go into this as an example. I am a person that, sell, that sells rareable things. And let's just not talk about them as JPEGs, but just things that people have owned in history. Let's say I have a sweater, right? Mm -hmm. And I say, this sweater was owned by Albert Einstein. And therefore, now, you as you know, someone who wants to bid on things over at uh, Susby's or whatever uh, you know, uh, auction house out there, it's like... Yes, I would like to buy that and I will pay a million dollars for that, okay? Then I can say, oh, you know what? I'm sorry. This sweater was not owned by Albert Einstein. It was owned by Adolf Hitler, <laughs> right? So it now represents a different value or a different part of history or whatever that is. So it's just kind of an arbitrary thing. The sweater is like, it's just a sweater. It doesn't mean anything. It's what is attached to that sweater that is the thing that you are uh, putting value in. The sentimental right? value. It's a sentimental value. So I support Sally and I support what Sally has to do. And I think Sally is a great artist and therefore I do this. Or better yet, as an investor, I believe that Sally, Sally's work is going to represent something special and I'm therefore going to buy that token that represents her because art is no longer ink on canvas <laughs> right mm. Mm. i mean it, it still is but it's also many other things right exactly okay i feel like the same conversation probably happened when they first came out with uh prints like paper prints of original canvas artwork people would probably say why am i paying for this piece of paper they didn't even touch it 
Yes. So, okay. Actually, that's a great point because I remember I I I don't I don't know if you know this, but I, I was I was actually a, a double major in uh, undergraduate of uh, art and mathematics, and I took a printmaking class, <laughs> right? Mm. And so the whole point of printmaking is like there's different ways that you can reproduce your art in different ways, right? Or mm-hmm. whatever it is, and so. You've often been there when you did stereolithography or whatever kind of form that you're trying to do printmaking, and you see that little number, like three of 250, right, or whatever that is. And so somehow that little number that's on the bottom of the print (laughs) represents its value. Earlier numbers represent a value of being early. However, they're not also as refined because – slightly let's say there's a hundred prints of something so mm-hmm. the first 20 there's some flaws in it <laughs> right the first pancake theorem yes yes or children too you do that with children too <laughs> <laughs> right so the first pancake theorem right and then and then after the first 20 you're like oh so you know print from 20 to like 60 are valuable and then after that they're not as valuable somehow is that kind of how that you can think of that somehow? You could. I didn't actually know there was this culture around print numbers. Oh, yeah. Um, <laughs> but I, I would just think of it more like um, I'm the same. I'm assuming there was similar outrage when paper prints were introduced as a substitution or an augmentation to original canvas artwork, where people probably had a barrier of understanding like, what does this flimsy thing that I could accidentally tear have to do with this great masterwork that is like oil on canvas and is framed in, you know, such and such gallery? Right. Right. Okay. That's very interesting. Now, just the idea of this thing if you think about this token, mm-hmm. it's a it's it's a token, right? Like you can think of it as just this, this coin or whatever you want to think about it. I, I kind of like the, the term token because it just says token. Um, you could uh, you can attach it to art, which is great, but you can attach it to anything that anything. you make. Yeah, right. It's just a pointer. <laughs> which is kind of cool. So one of the things that I've always been interested in uh, is architecture. As you know, I used to be an architect back in the day. And uh, I have thought about the idea that uh, the internet is a fabulous piece of real estate that's untapped. <laughs> Virtual right. real estate, right? Oh, boy. <laughs> right? Uh-huh. So when I, when, I, when I log into my Vive or whatever else is going on, I'm presented with a very boring gallery that's trying to present itself as being a beautiful space that I'm in. Mm. And I'm saying, why, why is it that in a place that I can make anything i'm presented with this four wall room 
that's very boring. Why can't I be presented with a beautiful piece of architecture by Zahadid or whoever, right, out there that really inspires me to be somewhere special and or or just be there? Mm. So why can't I own that? Why can't it be my space? <laughs> right? Okay. So could that potentially be an NFT? Because I think that's what's starting to happen as well, is people are buying architecture virtually. Oh. Um, I don't see why not. It, because you could just have a pointer, you know, your NFT would just say like, you know, you've purchased <laughs> this um, this world in VR chat, and um, here's here's a URL you can click on to see a thumbnail if you ever forget what it looks like, um, and that would, you know, why not? Sure. Right. I think okay. the bigger barrier there is the platform to support your virtual world. Okay. What what could that platform be? Well, what you described sounds like. Um, you know, like an Oculus Home type thing where you put you put the headset on and then you're like in the space by default because it's, you know, almost baked into the hardware practically. But what right. I'm suggesting is that that's, that's not really accessible, um, you know, because we don't all work for those companies. Um, so right. you'd need like a more um, sandboxy open world type place to, to build your dream environment. So uh, you'd kind of have to log into it. Right. So we're... Metaverse? <laughs> yeah, yeah. You'd, you'd need to identify the metaverse you care to use and then build there. Okay. So if if you're going to take take a full Tim Sweeney approach here, right? And you're like, okay, I, I have made a... You, you have purchased all these NFTs of... <laughs> you have the full collection of Sally Slade art because you're a collector, of Sally Slade art, right? Mm -hmm. As I would normally totally be if I owned a whole bunch of Ethereum. But I need to put them someplace so that people can come see my collection of Sally Slade work. Uh, so you need a place for that to live, right? Yeah, pick your favorite server and, and go forth. Like you could, you could make your own gallery in VRChat um, I found this, uh, I was linked to this wonderful site last week called cryptovoxels.com, where it is exactly what you described. People have built galleries for their NFTs, um, and you can kind of wander around and look at them. And it's not bound by traditional architecture, you know, values. It's very fantastical in nature or you know, very amateur at times. It's just constructions from people who are passionate about these NFTs and want to display them. Yes. And I, here's the thing. I've actually gone through a bunch of NFT stuff and looked through things. There is a ton of, I'm sorry to say, ton of crap out there. <laughs> like, it's really sad. They're like, wait, that sold for $40,000 or some ridiculous amount or whatever it is, right? Like mm. really, really sad. 
So, so there is a little bit of what's going on here. Why are people paying money for that? Is it just because they feel like they need to own a little bit of something? Is this like, is this scammy? Like, what's happening here? We can't possibly know. Like, it it could be uh, they could be paying off a debt. They they could that could be their nephew. Uh, they maybe that person's famous overseas. Uh, who who knows? Any number of reasons. Same okay. reason people bid whatever on you know the stuff we see like on Melrose. Right. So that's why it feels like money laundering. <laughs> it's like <laughs> yeah. just put some pixels on the screen, put it as an NFT, and I'll buy that, and therefore that's how I pay you. Like it seems. That's what it feels like to me sometimes, and that's some little weirded out about it <laughs> i mean that's it's it's like a blessing and a curse right for the, the for the artists caught in the crosshairs of of how their economy functions is that right. it's it's like the value is assigned at will almost <laughs> right yeah but i mean honestly i don't know how much different that is from a traditional auction house because somehow it's like what okay uh, i don't know not- where that it's not different at all. Right. I feel like it's got the same, um, you know, wonderful people who adore art and, and just want a a piece of it. Also the same people that are just kind of driving up the price for unknown reasons and criminal activities. Yes. Yes. Uh, okay. Yeah. All right. Uh, okay. So we got NFTs, uh, So let me ask, let me put it a little different way. So part of me looked at this NFT thing and I was like, okay, so I feel that there's value in NFTs as an idea Let's, that is beyond um, money laundering <laughs> and other <laughs> weird things that, are, that, that, that you may think about going on, right? Like mm-hmm. the idea of an NFT has value. Like I've put a token out there that is unique and I can associate it to anything, and therefore I can sell that thing. It's like, here's a thing that I can sell to you that's virtual, and you own it as a as a representation of this token. That is a valuable thing. Mm. Do you feel I mean, that's, that's a valuable how, thing? That's how our American currency works, so yes. <laughs> right. Well, our American currency is a dollar is a dollar. Your dollar is worth as much as my dollar. And whenever your dollar goes up, my dollar goes up. So that's mm. why I was putting the association of every NFT as like a unique currency in a sense. Mm. But that that but that's the basic idea. It's like, uh, but you know, but my car is different mm. than your car. <laughs> mm-hmm. Even if we have the same car, you may have have more miles on your car or my, my so that's that's two different things right so uh that's that's what the nft part of it does but i believe that there's value to nfts as an idea of what it can do um so i was going with this with somewhere i had i had a, I had, a <laughs> I had a direction i was going to go with this okay so uh now that mm, What do you think is going? Do you think that people are going? I mean, you've you've you, we've heard of stories of people 
buying and selling digital goods in video games or other things, right? Like Second Life yeah. or Linden dollars. Uh, you know, right. Whatever it is. Like people paying money for stuff, right? Mm-hmm. So is is NFT a new way to do that? Or is there you know is that the, the, the new way of exchanging goods at this point? Could be. If I mean if they continue to hold value, then certainly and I think as right. long as cryptocurrency continues to exist, that the idea of NFTs will also persist. Uh, will they keep having these crazy figures attached to them? I, I, I hope not. I feel like that draws negative attention to the space that could be a really cool new way to, you know, celebrate art and support artists. So <laughs> we'll see. Okay. All right. Okay. Now I do remember where I was going and that's good because you brought me there uh, again. So, um, I remember the, the days when, so uh, when uh, basically there 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 were there was a there was a time when uh, smartphones came out and uh, Android and uh, what more specifically at the time Microsoft had places where you could buy apps or whatever they had a normal system et cetera et cetera and then Apple came out with their phone in two thousand seven. And they didn't have a store to buy apps. They were very adamantly against it. And then two, a year or two later, they created something called the App Store after mm-hmm. they sold a shitload of phones, right? And then they say, okay, you, anyone can develop an app, which Microsoft had done, by the way, before that, a long time on their, on their, on their phones. Uh, but they were using the old school method of buying apps independently there's no store you just had to go to that person and buy the software like you bought photoshop or whatever else was going on there was no store right Right. apple created a open marketplace that made it much easier for you to sell your apps in right Mm. and this sounds very similar to you going to rarible and selling your art piece right so suddenly it was a place where you can, if you made an app on an iPhone, you could make money. All you mm-hmm. had to do is give Apple 30% of whatever money you made, which is still and the case. $100 a year for a developer account. Plus $100 a year. Okay. Important note as well. Yes. So the point is, that was a big thing. And then there was this gold rush that was happening in the App Store, at which point everyone made a fart app on the App Store <laughs> mm-hmm. that were like, if I make a fart app and I sell it for, you know, $2 and Apple gets this amount and blah, 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 and I get, you know, one buck. If I sell a million of them, I made a million dollars, right? Right. It was, it was, it was, that was the dream. A million people buy my fart app and I make a million dollars. Right. Right. That's what we're seeing now. Lots of fart apps out there. <laughs> Lots. Okay. That's, that's what I'm getting at. So hmm. d- do you feel that? This whole NFT thing is eventually just going to go away or 
be like, oh shit, this is a big money laundering scheme or whatever else is going on? Or do you feel it has longevity in the sense like, okay, there's a bunch of fart apps out there right now, but eventually there's going to be useful things that people need to use <laughs> or, or, or things art that needs to be actually like, it's actually going to, the, the, the weeds are going to go away and you're actually going to see some, the cream coming to the top at this point. Yes, absolutely. As a weed myself in the space, I can tell you that I have no interest in persistence. <laughs> no, but you want really to educate yourself, right? Right. Uh, yeah, but I mean, it's, uh, you know, I'm, I'm part of the rush and I, I do feel that it is a rush and that it will die down and that what will be left is a viable NFT market. Okay, that's good. Now, mm -hmm. you and I also know a lot of very talented artists out there, right? Yeah. And these artists are making money selling their creativity for possibly less than it's valued to film industries as a concept artist. There's a ton of concept artists that you and I know that's like, mm -hmm. like, okay, just pay me a bunch of money and I'm going to churn out hundreds, hundreds of pieces of art of, for you. And you're just going to pick your best ones and you're going to make your movie out of that. And you, I will be paid, you know, maybe, you know, 20, 30, $50,000 to create hundreds and hundreds of pieces of art for you. <laughs> Uh, to 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 make a movie, those people may not necessarily be motivated to make art for that movie, being paid that amount of money. They may say, "Screw it, I'm just going to sell NFTs," as opposed to work for the film industry anymore. Do you feel hmm. that the film industry is going to actually possibly suffer from people being motivated, or or the price of concept art is going to go up because of this? I don't know about that because, I mean, I want it to. I want artists to be paid more always. But right. what what I see is that the people that are going to be successful here are the people that are already successful in marketing themselves or people who are, you know, ready to do the work of building up a following on social media and, um, you know, releasing content regularly enough that people count on them to have that longevity. And if you're mm. not willing to do that, then I don't see how you could become successful in the space. For example, Beeple, who you mentioned earlier, I believe he did like a portrait a day for um, however many hundred day, hundreds of days, something crazy. Mm -hmm. That's so much work and so much consistency. And, and he built, you know, quite a following and then he sold his NFT for crazy dollars. And, you know, you can't just stumble on the scene and do that no matter how talented you are. If people don't think you're going to stick around and continue to invest, then they're not going to want to invest in you. And I'm talking about financially or emotionally. Right. That's, um, thank you for saying that because that's just like, you can't just say like, I make art by my art. <laughs> Right. <laughs> there has to be there has to be something that that goes behind it, right? So that's the thing that that kind of disturbs me a little bit about the idea that you talked about rareable. Rareable does not sound rare at all. It's like all you need is to buy it your way into that. Anyone can do that, you know. My dad who can't take a picture or draw a straight line if he has an, an a, enough, you know, Ethereum, he can just sell whatever the hell he wants on rareable, right? 
Yeah. But I'm curious how many transactions from Rarible start from Rarible. Like how many of them are rather coming from Twitter or Instagram or Clubhouse where they hear about this artist that they're interested in and then they shop for their NFTs? Or is it actually people that are just browsing Rarible and are like, oh, that's aesthetically pleasing. I'll purchase that. Right. Right. Okay. So so something has to make the cream come to the top, right? So in some ways. It kind of reminds me of um, those websites like Cafe Press or whatever that kind of print merch on demand where I, I <laughs> and maybe I'm just projecting here, but I don't shop those websites. I don't sit down and say, what's hot on Cafe Press today? But I will uh, look for links in the bios of artists that I follow and support. And I'll say, you know, does does DiBercato have anything new? Like, what's what's their merch like lately? And then I'll click and then I'll buy it. Got it. Yep. Okay. So it's just a place for you to link to. So if Sally, if people love Sally's work, which I do, uh, and I have many of your t-shirts, uh, um, and I say, okay, great. So I'm going to buy a piece of Sally's work. Oh, what? I can buy an NFT that Sally does. It's available on Rarible, and then I'll go to Rarible. So it's like... I go to Rarible because of you. I don't go to Rarible and discover you is what you're basically saying. I mean, that's how I would do it. <laughs> I don't know right. statistically if that's you know how it's done, but I know that's an avenue. And I feel like that will be the avenue that that is having the longest uh, sort of lifespan. Right. Because there's going okay. to, of course, be tons more markets as well. So people won't know where to shop to find their favorite person. Right. So, um, also, you know, the, the barrier to entry is it's not like you can sit there and say, okay, I've got hundreds of pieces of art. I'm going to just flood the market with my stuff. It took you at least $100 and you were frugal about <laughs> at, it. At most $100 and definitely a little less than, but, but yeah, and, and it sucked. But, I mean, I'm an, I'm an early, you know, adopter or whatever. Like, this is only going to get easier and there's already plenty of sites out there where, you know, minting is less than a single dollar because they're using a cheaper blockchain, like Tezos, for example. Okay. All right. Like you don't so, have so, to mint on Ethereum. You can mint on anything. Okay. Right. So so there are places. So if you say, I'm just going to just put a ton of stuff on the internet, it's also possible for less money as well. Yeah, and I believe OpenSea even has um, a free option now. I saw it a day after I minted on Rarible that OpenSea is like, hey, um, you know, mint for free, and then any sales will just take this percentage of them. So there you have it. Okay, interesting. Uh, okay. What, I mean, okay, so you started off as a, uh, as a skeptic, right? Of, mm. of of this whole system. Uh, if we, we've talked through the whole journey so far. Where do you stand now? Where do, what's, your, what's your feeling now about, about what this is all about? Well, it's interesting because I, in this moment, I'm a fierce advocate of NFTs because I feel like, you know, the artist is finally winning a little bit. Like this idea of royalties is amazing. Um, and it's like a way to offer your goods um, in immaterially like what like i don't have room in my house for more stuff but i could definitely throw money at my favorite artist kind of feeling like that's great but 
I'm I'm torn because you've got to acknowledge the, you know, ecological impact as well. And like the sort of irresponsibility of the designers of these blockchains and like, how dare we contribute to the success of that model? You know, so it's a bit of a tug of war. But at the same time, I feel like by bringing all these artists to this cause and by by shining a light on all of these problems, you know, they're only going to get better. Like, you know, Ethereum's pivoting towards its, um, you know, new new model. And um, we've got, you know, who, who knows what's coming next? Like, it doesn't always have to be machines that are doing useless work to, you know, mint and, and prove these transactions. It could be machines doing real work. Um, it could be like, <laughs> I'm sure you're familiar with that app, um, Folding at Home, and, or maybe- yes. Maybe you've heard of it. And like, there's the one that searches for um, extraterrestrial uh, signals yeah. as well. SETI at home. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All that stuff. Um, like, why aren't those calculations the kinds of things we're using to, you know, prove transactions on the blockchain? And if we were, how how wonderful would that be for the scientific community? Like, at least the work wouldn't be useless now. Um, so, you know, these are kinds of ideas that are entering um the conversation. And now that you've got the artists involved who are always associated with, you know, change and revolution, like I do wonder if if the conversation will pivot towards how can we do this in a more sustainable way. So I like to think that by contributing to the culture of NFTs, perhaps I'm contributing to moving that conversation forward. Yeah. Okay. So you don't think it's basically a scam? <laughs> Well, it depends on your mentality. Like for some people, maybe it is a scam. Um, and maybe there's people out there who are trying to intentionally scam others. I'm, I'm sure there are. But but I also... Right. So our, our art in itself can be seen as a scam, but it's still exactly. art. Right, right. Okay. Yeah. And so it's, art it's is still of... art and, and, and cryptocurrencies and tokens are still tokens. They just now are associated together. And if you that, that doesn't necessarily... Each one of them has their own version of a scam <laughs> in some ways, yeah. right? Yeah. Yeah. And it's it's perfectly reasonable to to, to be worried about it. Um, but right. you could, you know, e equally you could be celebrating it. It's kind of a glass half empty, half full kind of thing. Right. Yeah. It's it's a fascinating thing. And I, 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 it's going to go on for a while. The thing is, like I've, you know, you know, you and I have been to THU, and and I've actually, you know, heard from some of my my friends of THU at THU, and they're like, yeah, I've pretty much stopped getting any new jobs. I'm just focusing on putting NFTs out there because wow. I am, yeah, which is like, but you're working on Marvel films. I was like, yeah, but I could technic, I could potentially make more money selling my artwork it's like but you would never be famous if it wasn't for the work you did for marvel films or whatever else you were doing right so like it's a chicken and egg thing it's like so you got you got famous because you did you know creative work on this which is what you can put in that metadata that you mentioned before you know mm -hmm. and now therefore your art is more valuable and and now no, it's like oh, but I won't be making that art anymore, and I just want to sell this. And then there, so it's like uh, it's very confusing. Like, what is it about? Because you know, there's always been a ton of artists out there. 
there's always been a ton of great artists out there. That is part of humanity. That is what we do. We, we create art, we make things and we support art. Uh, and it's great that like you're putting art into attention, but if you suddenly flood the market with a bunch of JPEGs <laughs> and like suddenly like people are paying money for JPEGs, it's like, but the internet is filled with JPEGs. It's no, just people a were little... already paying money for JPEGs, though. Okay. Like phone it's... wallpapers, for example. Yes, it's true. Right. But I'm paying a dollar or 99 cents for that, right? Yeah, but you could have just screenshot a high-res art from Google, but you paid 99 cents to an artist because you wanted to. Yeah, it's true. It's true. But I didn't pay $64,000 or $64 million that people got. Well, you didn't have stake in Bitcoin. <laughs> Isn't no, it's that how true. that story ended? <laughs> yeah. 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 Again, I still think Beeple's great. I was actually there. I was in Vienna uh, at D2 and Beeple was there at a conference and we were hanging out and drinking beers with him as he was doing. It's like, I got to do my daily. You know, we were like doing his daily artwork and it was kind of like. Yeah, it's amazing. And now he, here he is doing the thing he does. I completely 100% support whatever he's gotten. I think he deserves it. He's a nice guy. He's creative. And uh, he, he knew what he was doing. He, he knew he knew digital art was was uh, was great. So really cool stuff. Yeah, uh, I'm really happy for all the artists that were in right place, right time, had been putting in the work, and then suddenly they catch this wave. I think that's wonderful. Good. Good. I'm glad you said that. I, I'm, I'm glad you said that. And I also think like there, there, it's interesting to people to think about what it's about and the journey that it takes to do that. And I really appreciate the fact that you went through that because a lot of people are like, I, how do I do this? Or should I do this? And, you know, every week there's going to be more news on this and maybe that journey is going to be different. I'm sure it's going to be different. Like you just mentioned, like after you sold it, you may, maybe you didn't need to spend a hundred dollars. There's other ways to do that. <laughs> Not at all. <laughs> right, right, right. So, so hmm. there's, uh, there's other ways to do that. So it's going to be very interesting to see where this goes, but, uh, um, but yeah, I'm very curious about NFTs and I think it's a very valuable thing that we should consider uh, and especially as, as you know, for Chaos Group, especially, especially uh, people use our software to make art every day. So for us, we need to be well informed about what they can do with their art and how we can help them make that possible. So just a little sales pitch there that like we're there to, to help Love them, it. whatever they do. Love it. And, you know, you're going to need... You're going to need to decorate your virtual space, Chris, that you, this architecture you're building in, in VR. Yes. So. Yeah, 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 yeah. And I'm, I'm going to pay some good coin. Here's the thing, right? So if, if uh, Zahidid, unfortunately, she passed away, uh, but, uh, and she was not necessarily uh, a, a wonderful person to hang out with because she had a little bit of, she was a little, she, most big architects tend to be a little bit gruffy. Uh, hmm. but, uh, but I also believe that, there are architects. Uh, you know what? Who I'm going to I'm going to use Hani Rashid as an example, and those of me, uh, those of my uh, architecture friends, would appreciate it because I believe that he's extraordinarily talented, uh, and his work is 
mostly can be seen in virtual space because he did a lot of virtual ideas that never got built. Uh, Greg Lind also is another example. Actually, he's been on my podcast. I've gotten Greg Lind on. But the idea of saying, I'm going to commission Hani Rashid to build me a virtual place where he doesn't have to worry about gravity <laughs> or mm -hmm. anything else or, or, or any, any other restrictions or, you know, uh, American Disabilities Act, which is, you know, wonderful for people who are in wheelchairs, but in the virtual space, you don't need to worry about that. Uh, so those are the types of things that I think you can make some really beautiful pieces of art or architecture or spaces to live in. That is where I think would be a really, that is a new real estate opportunity out there. And in that space could live some really beautiful pieces of art such as, you know, uh, my collection of Sally Slade NFTs that I could own yes. and put into that space. Then you could pay for FBXs and JPEGs. FBX and JPEGs, yes. Although at that point, I'm hoping I'm not buying FBXs anymore, but I'm buying USDs. USDs. <laughs> <laughs> That's the way it's going to be, for sure. Mm -hmm. USD, NFT. That's the, that's the key. That's going to be, the, we're going to tag that. Like hashtag USB, hashtag NFT. Like that's the way it's going to be. Full space. Loves it. Everywhere. And it rhymes. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds good. Thank you, Sally, so much for doing this. This has been great. You've, uh, you're, you're at least a three-peat. Uh, probably a four-peat if we ca count your uh, Martini Giant uh, appearance as well. Oh, boy. <laughs> so, <laughs> well, it's really, always really, really fun to chat with you. So thank you for having me.